Welcome to another Kingdom Community Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. The title is The Wind and the Word. Have you ever watched the wind? You can't see the wind, can you? But you can see the effects of the wind. So you can see when you wake up in the morning, open the window, look outside, you can see whether it's windy or not by looking at the trees, looking at whether there's dust lifting up off the ground, whether there's leaves floating around. You can see it, can't you? I was reminded uh, that we've got to be aware of the weather. Um, Recently, I I did my uh, boating license again. A few years ago, I I let it lapse. Anyone ever let their boating license lapse and then you think to yourself, oh my goodness, you ever... Some of you have had a boating license before. I let my boating license lapse and I had to go and get a new one. And I didn't realize that since I first did it until now, there's a lot more rules, <laughs> a lot more to learn. And it's a lot harder because now with all the, the um, jet skis and everything that are out there, there's people dying out on the water every, every week, literally. There's someone who dies on the water every single week in Australia. And so I, I did my course, and one of the things they, you know, as well as all the safety equipment and everything, you've got to be safe out on the water and so on, but one of the things they teach you to do is to have a look at the weather map. Have a look at the, the weather app these days, isn't it? You know, you sort of check your app and see what's going on. And when I was younger, you know, you just look out the window. So, yeah, looks all right. Yeah, I reckon it'll be all right in the water today. The trees are pretty still, you know. It's not too hot, it's not too cold. I reckon I'll go fishing. You know? <laughs> That's kind of, that was it. But then, you know, if you, if, if that's the way you do it, and you hop in your boat and you're off you go, you could find yourself out in the middle of the ocean and something happens. You haven't really done your due diligence to check, to see what's going on. And I think sometimes... We need to check what's going on around us. But then there are other times where God says, I want you to do this or I want you to do that. And we take a little bit too much time checking. <laughs> so we can, be, we can either be, you know, no due diligence at all. We don't care. We just do whatever. You know, look up in the window, in, out through the window in the morning, check the wind. Yeah, I'll go fishing. I'll go out in the lake. I'll go out in the ocean. Then you get yourself into trouble. Well, I love boating, and I love going out on the lake, and I love boating stories. And there's a great boating story. There's a few in the Bible, actually, because Jesus must have loved the lake. Well, he was always crossing over it, wasn't he? You know? And he was always doing something around the lake. He must have grown up around that area and uh, possibly did a bit of fishing. I don't know. He's a carpenter, but that doesn't mean he didn't go fishing. He didn't do it for a living. But he had a bunch of guys around him eventually, the disciples, a few of them, used to fish for a living, you know, Peter, James, and John. And that was their, their deal. So one of the stories, Jesus and a boat, I love this story, Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 32. And uh, the, the story is that Jesus had just been with a crowd of people. He just fed 5,000 people. Like, there's a big crowd. And he's just been talking to them and giving them the download of the kingdom of heaven. 
It's been a great meeting, you know. If you have a meeting, if you're a Christian leader and you have a meeting and you've got 5,000 men there and then all their wives and their kids, it's, it's a big meeting. And uh, he's got to the end of the meeting and it's been a good turnout and they've had a miracle, right? He fed 5,000 people. So there's been some awesome things going on. And the disciples are still in the euphoric experience of this miracle. And so when Jesus says, all right, guys, get in the boat and go over to the other side. I'm going to meet you over there later. They're kind of probably still in the euphoric state of experiencing that miracle. And they go, yeah, Jesus, we'll do that. Maybe they didn't look out and check the weather. They're kind of like, yeah, let's do this. Let's go. Jesus said. Now imagine, of course, if they hadn't have just had a amazing big experience and they weren't in the euphoric state of miracles still happen and all that sort of stuff. And Jesus has said, guys, get in the boat and go across the road. Can you imagine, you know, like Peter, James, and John, they're sort of looking out. What are the black cockies doing, you know? <laughs> and, and they're going, ah, oh, I don't know. I reckon I might get up a storm later. That's not a good idea, Jesus. And you've got Doubt and Thomas in the background. He's going, I'm not going. If they're not going, I'm not going. There's no way. We're not going to get across the other side. Then, you've, of course, you've got, you've got um, Judas in the background. He's going, I'm not going. We just had the biggest meeting ever. Didn't even take up an offering. I am not going across to the other side. The last time we went across the other side, met that guy with the 3,000 demons in him. We didn't get an offering then either. I'm not going. <laughs> so you can imagine, you know, like, if they hadn't have just had this amazing euphoric experience. But when you have this, you know, ever, ever been in a place where you just, yeah, I'll do whatever you say, Jesus. Isn't it a good place to be when you're in that place with Jesus when you just, I'll do whatever you say, Jesus. And he says, do this. And you go, yeah, I'll do it. And your faith is up and you're ready to go. And you jump in that boat and off you go. Right? But this time, Jesus didn't come. Where did Jesus go? Well, let's have a look. Matthew 14, 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. All right? Verse 23. After he had dismissed them, he goes up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Interesting. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went to them walking on the lake. That's happened before. Maybe not. Maybe that was a new thing. Walking on the lake. He didn't take a boat. Just walking out on the lake. That's pretty cool. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Do you know that back in those days, there was a lot of mysticism. And there was a lot of fear, particularly amongst the fishermen, of ghosts and things like that out in the water and all sorts of things. So... They start out this trip in full faith. Oh, they've just had an amazing miracle. They're euphoric. We'll do anything, Jesus. But they get out there and suddenly it's like, bang, they're in the middle of the storm and they're getting washed around. 
But this time, Jesus isn't there. The last time, see, Jesus is at the back of the boat. He's having a snooze. Wake up, Jesus, oh, we're going to die, Jesus. And Jesus calms the storm. But Jesus isn't there to calm the storm this time. And then a ghost comes out at them in the middle of the water. They're like, oh, my goodness, we're going to die. Jesus isn't here, and we've got this dirty, great big ghost coming at us in the middle of the storm. Can you imagine that? I don't know whether Jesus had it like this sense of humor, like he knows all about it, you know, and he's like sneaking up on the water. Maybe just <laughs> can you just imagine Jesus like being just a little bit mischievous, you know? I can get these guys. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. Maybe it's just me who's mischievous. I don't know. Anyway, but Jesus, verse 27, immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied. I love Peter because he's kind of like, he's always the first one to jump in. Sometimes he does the wrong thing. And every now and then he's kinda, his courage is kind of well-placed. You know? And here he's reasonably well-placed. Um, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come <clears throat> to you on the water. Because he's like, well, if you can do it, I'll, I'll have a go. I like that about Peter. Come, Jesus says. And then Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But, verse 30, but then he saw the wind and he was afraid and he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And then he climbed into the boat. <laughs> Jesus is rebuking him before he gets back in the boat. It's like, Pete, come on. Dragging him on. Like, Pete's probably up to knees in water going, <laughs> Jesus is dragging him back into the boat. I don't know. I, I can't imagine what it would have looked like. Can you imagine what all the other guys are sitting in the boat doing? <laughs> their eyes are bugging out of their heads. They've seen a ghost, it's Jesus. Then Peter starts to walk on the water, and then he sinks, and then Jesus lifts him up and rebukes him. And they're sitting there going, if, they're, if he's rebuking Jesus, what's he going to say to us? <laughs> we're, we're sitting here like, Ooh. Sorry, I'm just enjoying this scripture. I'm not sorry. I'm, I actually am enjoying this scripture. It's good. Love it. Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus rebuked, uh, reached out. We've already read that in verse 32. And when he climbed to the boat, he, the wind died down. Just, just died down. The miracle was done. All right. So then those in the boat worshipped him. Truly, you are the Son of God. When they crossed over the land of Gennesaret, and when the men of that place recognized Jesus, remember the last time he was there? They recognized him, right? He's the guy that did all the miracles, we did, did the thing with the guy who's got the legion of, and put him in the pigs, and they remembered him, right? So they sent out word around to the surrounding area, and people brought all the sick, and he begged him to let them touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched the edge of his cloak were healed. Wow, that's pretty cool. All right, so the last bit is they got there, right? The first bit is you're going there, and in the middle, there's a whole bunch of kerfuffle. How many times have we been in the situation God says, go, and we go, okay, let's go, but then there's a whole bunch of kerfuffle before we get there, yeah. right? 
Jesus gives the word. He says, right, now, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. I want you to go there. I've given you a command. I've given you direction. I've given you a vision. I've given you a prophetic word. You've received the word of the Lord, and you step out. Maybe you've just had an amazing miracle. Maybe you've just been to an amazing meeting. You've just had this euphoric worship service. You've just encountered God, and God says, do something for me. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Yay. And then suddenly it starts. Everything goes haywire, and it's like it's as if Jesus isn't even there. You ever had those experiences? It's as if Jesus isn't there. What the heck is going on, Jesus? You told me to do this. You told me to go. You told me to get out of the boat. You told me to do... And where are you? See, they're going across the water. It's now, it says, Jesus came to them at the fourth watch. All right. So what's the fourth watch? Well, that's late in the morning. That's like one section of time, two sections of time, three sections of time. Now it's the fourth section of time since, you know, it's the fourth watch. So Jesus has been up on the mountain praying all night, and then he's like looking out over the water. Oh, there's a bit of a storm going on. Might go and help the boys, you know. It's about time I got across the other side. You ever been in an experience where Jesus says go and you go and then everything gets worse? You ever had that? I don't know, maybe it's just me. (laughs) I see a few acknowledgements there. I think this story is much bigger than just Peter having a go at walking on water. It's much bigger than that. For me, I'm looking at this story and I'm going, there's so much I can learn. There's the word. And then there's the wind. Which one are we going to watch? Which one are we going to pay attention to? Which one are we going to obey? Good question, isn't it? Jesus gave a word, go to the other side. Jesus went up to the high place to pray. This is just a few things that I sort of pull out of this. Jesus came to them in the fourth watch. Wasn't the first watch. Wasn't the moment the storm started. It wasn't when they're still a few hundred meters from the shore. They're rowing. It's at night. It's dark. Then Jesus comes out and Peter says, is that you? And Yeah, come. So he gives him another word. So there's the first word is the go. I'll meet you on the other side. The second word is come out, Pete, come on. And then there's the wind. I want us to just wrestle with this for a few minutes. What, what, is, what can we learn from it about even our own journey and our own story? What can we... What can we discover? How many people know that when your spirit makes a decision to do something, your mind will oftentimes wrestle with that decision? You ever experience that? You ever know that? Your spirit man is all excited about doing the things of God, but your your flesh, your your mind wants to fight it. You know, I'm going to go on a diet. 
You ever, you ever made that decision? I'm going on a diet. And your mind will give you every reason under the world that's not a good idea. Oh no. You might die. <laughs> you, okay, let's get spiritual. Maybe you said, oh, I'm going to fast and pray for a breakthrough. Your mind will give you every reason in the whole world why you shouldn't do it. That's not a good idea. Oh, remember the last time you did that? You know? Remember how bad it got about three o'clock in the afternoon? Oh my goodness, you can't do that. <laughs> Your mind will play tricks with you. And you know, what often happens is <clears throat> when your mind does that, it's because deep inside you've actually already made a decision. I've already decided it's too hard. I'm just looking for an excuse because your mind is trying to compare notes with your spirit and with your, your flesh heart, you know. <laughs> And your spirit is kind of like a bit too spiritual sometimes for your mind. Your mind just goes, no, let's look at all the practical reasons. You know, you look up, you get out of the bed in the morning on Sunday. You ever had this? You look out the window. Oh, no, Liz, that, I'm looking at Liz. She's going, it would never happen to me. You look out the window and you're like, mm, a little bit warm today. Those fans, they always go off in the middle of church like they just did. It's too hot. I'm not going. <laughs> oh, no, no. Look. Oh, gee, it's almost snowing outside. I'm not going to church. That's horrible. A bit too cold in that, that freezing building. <laughs> you ever had that? Oh, no, it's raining. I'm not going to church. Oh, no. <laughs> but you see, the thing is, that's what we're like oftentimes because our mind is trying to like, you know, I was talking to the boys earlier. Did you know that all four of us, we got... We've got Jeff. You got Greg here. He's kind of cool. Then you got Daniel on the drums. None of us brought our wives today. <laughs> I reckon they're all sleeping. What do you reckon? Nah. Shopping. Oh, shocking. <laughs> See, the thing is, I reckon they all looked out the window this morning and said, nah, I'm not going. No, nah, it's not true. Sonia's working. Courtney's looking after the kids. They only got one car. Chrissy, she's not well. Sheik's working. But here's the thing, right? <clears throat> we kind of like, we've got a bachelor day today, right? But no, we're here. I'm not going to pat myself on the back just too quick. <laughs> I, I could be in trouble. Could be in trouble. It's being recorded, that's right. <laughs> but we were just musing about the fact that, you know, we all turned up without our wives this morning and no one, you know, shared the memo with Rod because he brought his wife. You know, we were going to go out for dinner later, just the boys. And Sorry, Rod, you can't come. No, I'm just kidding. But here's the thing, right? <laughs> no, I'm being silly. I'm being silly. I'm being a bit silly. I'm having a bit of fun this morning, but sometimes you've just got to have a bit of fun with the word, you know? But here's the thing, right? We, we, we will, every one of us here, will look around the room and go, oh, such and such isn't here, and we'll come up with a, in our mind, we'll make a conclusion as to why we think they're not there, and we probably get it wrong, <laughs> you know? 
And that's what happens is our mind, see, what we see will dictate to us what we're thinking, what we're going to do, how we're going to react, how we're going to respond. And that's what often happens. You see, we, we, we get a conviction in our heart to do something and we start going towards it and then suddenly everything pops up in front of us. And then we've got to wrestle internally with what are we going to do about that? What are we going to do about our thoughts? What are we going to do about what we're seeing? What are we going to do about what we're thinking right now? And that's where I find a lot of us have our struggle. See, entering into the faith realm is a battle. Because we're battling with our mind. We're battling with our thought processes. We're battling with what we're seeing and what we're experiencing. We turn up to church and the pastor's wife's not there. Oh, my goodness. You know, what, the, what on earth is going on? What, what is this world coming to? You know? And we could have a whole bunch of reasons in our mind why that could be. We might get it all wrong. But see, that thought process might dictate to us what we do next, how we respond or how we react, how we actually embrace what God has called us to embrace. If we're called to something, you know, and then we step out to do it, and then something goes wrong, either in a relationship. Someone we trust betrays us. Someone who should have been there wasn't there, and our thought processes start a cycle which say, oh, no, I can't do this. Oh, no, they're not really for us. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And that's where a lot of us find ourselves, isn't it? Don't you reckon? I know that's what happens to me. And I've been around people long enough to know that's what happens to most of us. God gives us promises, as Desley beautifully pointed out during communion this morning. He gives us instructions. Go to the other side. Take on this role in the church. Feed the hungry. Look after the orphans in their distress. You know, we heard all the statistics this morning and God's heart says, what are we doing about it, church? What are my people doing about it? And so there's all these instructions. There's promises and then there's instructions that go with those promises. If you want the cake, this is how you've got to bake it, you know. And if you don't do it the way I tell you to do it, you won't get the cake, you know. And then you read... Certain scriptures, like, for instance, Solomon, in his wisdom, you know, he wrote Proverbs, he wrote Ecclesiastes. He comes up with some wise old words. I remember there's this one phrase, Ecclesiastes, I think it's 11 verse 4. I've got it written down here somewhere. I think it's 11 verse 4, yes. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Isn't that an interesting saying? Whoever watches the wind will not... You know that the... The, the sower, he'd grab a handful of seed and he'd throw it and he'd want it to land exactly where he wants it to grow. But if the wind is too strong, he goes out there and it's gone. He's not going out there because he thinks it's too windy. It's going to be too hard. I'm going to be pressing up against the wind. It's going to be too hard to sow today. I'm not going to be able to get the seed where I want it. But Solomon in his wisdom says, if you're watching the wind, you're not going to sow. 
If you're watching the clouds, you're not going to reap. In other words, if you're looking at the circumstances and you don't just get on and do the job that you've been instructed to do, you're not going to get the rewards that come from having been faithful with the instructions that have been given to you. So if the disciples had said, no, we're not going across the other side of that lake. Look at the weather, it's rolling in. It's going to be a bad night, I'm not going out there. You know that sometimes you have a bad day. It's not your fault. Maybe God actually encouraged you or instructed you to do something and you stepped into something and it suddenly became a bad day. It's not your fault. I'm just being faithful, God. What's going on? Can you imagine these disciples two-thirds of the way across that lake, several miles long, they're rowing, they get into this trouble. They're thinking, this is a bad night. This is not a good night, but Jesus told us to go. wonder why he told us to go. Where is he right now? You ever had that experience in your life where you're just going, this is not a good day. This is not a good season for me. You ever had one of those seasons where you're going, oh my goodness, this is a tough season. I don't like this season. Where is God? I set out with all the enthusiasm in the world. I was faithful. I did exactly what he told me to do. Here I am rowing across the lake because he told me to go to the other side and then this storm comes up and it's a bad day. Do you know that Jesus had just buried Lazarus, his mate? He'd just buried one of his close friends. And then he has the miracle of raising him up. Isn't it interesting that it happened on the fourth day? Fourth day, fourth watch. Circumstances would have said, oh, he's dead for a long time. You know that Jesus actually wept when he got to that graveside? I don't know when it was. There's no indication of when it was that Jesus was told by the Father to raise him out of that grave. I don't know. Maybe the Lord didn't actually give him that instruction several days earlier. Maybe the Lord just said, no, you can't go yet. You haven't finished what you're doing here. And Jesus said, I'll be there in a few days. And they get there and they're all like carrying on. Oh, if you had come earlier, he would have been healed. You see? Because he's healing everybody. I mean, they just touch his hem of his garment and he's healed. But he, Jesus wasn't there. Have you ever been in a situation where something goes so bad that, and Jesus wasn't there? inverted commas, he just wasn't there. It seemed like he wasn't there. You're having a bad day, you're having a bad season, you're having a bad month, everything's going wrong. It seems like Jesus isn't in the boat. You know what Jesus was doing? He was up on the mountainside praying the whole time. You know that Jesus never gives you an instruction and doesn't oversee the fulfillment of that instruction? He doesn't go, well, you go out in the boat and I don't really care. He goes up on the mountainside, he goes to pray. What vantage point does he have from that mountainside? He can see the whole lake. He knows exactly what's going on out there and he's praying. He's alone with God and he's in prayer. Jesus won't give you an instruction and not oversee the process. So if it turns out to be a bad day, what does that say? It says there's an opportunity now for Jesus to turn up and do something. 
quite miraculous. In the fourth watch is a time when oftentimes we're ready to give up because it's the worst time. It's the time when we've been waiting the longest for our miracle. We've been waiting the longest for what we need. We've been waiting for the longest for the promise to arrive. The wind is a big, strong meanie who's coming against our boat. And let's face it, some of us have been, had the wind in our faces our whole lives. We struggle sometimes. Sometimes we struggle all the time. Sometimes our whole life seems to be like we're in the fourth watch of our life right now and we're going, God, I don't know where you are. And then a ghost turns up. <laughs> what is that? We don't even recognize Jesus when he shows up with his miracle. Why? Because we're so used to not seeing him. What do we do with that? What did Peter do? Well, Jesus reassured him. No, it's me. It's good, guys. We're all good. So Jesus, Peter says, well, I want this miracle. So right in the middle of the storm, Peter recognizes Jesus and goes, ah, he's the guy. All right, Jesus, if, you're, if, you, if it's really you, call me to come out in the water. Then I'll know. So Pete gets out of the boat after Jesus gives him the word. While he's focused on the word, everything's okay. While he's focused on the word, come to me, everything's okay. He's actually stepping into his miracle. While he's focusing on what Jesus has said, he's stepping into his miracles. He's actually doing something everyone in this building would only ever dream of doing is walking on water, literally walking on water but what happens then his focus is shifted from the word to the wind do you know that's oftentimes our trouble today too we allow ourselves see this is where our mind kicks in our spirit says I'm focused on the word of God I'm focused on the truth I'm focusing on what God has called me to I'm focusing on my task I'm focusing on who I am called to be and then circumstances shift and when circumstances shift our focus is somewhere else you know we're all like this you know even the apostle Paul do you remember his struggle Remember when he wrote, you know, the things that I want to do, I don't end up doing. And the things I don't want to do are the things I end up doing. That's my struggle. He's just identifying his humanity in the midst of his faith journey. We can identify with that, can't we? Because our mind kicks in. And we have this wrestle. Jesus gave a word. I'll see you on the other side. They started out believing it. How many times have we stopped believing the word of God? Peter had doubt and curiosity and a little bit of faith. And in the midst of all that, which is, I think we can all identify with that. We have a bit of doubt. We have a bit of curiosity. We want to try something. We want to get out of the boat. 
and we have a little bit of faith. We go, well, if it is you, call me out. We hear the word, we get out, and then we start to sink. No, Jesus didn't stop the wind that time. Isn't that interesting? He didn't stop what Peter was seeing so that Peter wouldn't see it so that his faith would be restored. He actually just said, focus your attention back on me. Don't worry about the wind. Sometimes God's not going to take your troubles away. He's just going to say, fix your attention on me and we'll sort it out. There are times when he'll deal with the stuff, but let's face it, we can't get through this life without the stuff being there. We can't. You can't, you, you can't get through life without the wind. If you're going to have a bad hair day, just shave it off. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? If you're focused on, <laughs> I can't do that. It's not fair. <laughs> you know, when I first started shaving my head, I'd come up out of the water when I was swimming and I'd still get up and get like this. <laughs> and people would see me do it and they're going, what is he doing? <laughs> I'm like, I've forgotten that I don't. Because I used to do that when I was younger, when I had a lot of hair. I just, just, I just... I'd have to get the hair out of my eyes, you know, when, it come, when it's wet, it'd just hang there, you know, because I had long hair. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think you look pretty silly doing things like that, just to be honest. See, faith is stepping into the unknown Believing in the word of God. Sometimes our mind will play tricks on us. Sometimes the wind, it looks like it can knock us over. Our circumstances look like they can take us out. And our mind will tell us it's the truth. But the reality is it's no longer a truth. It's not a truth anymore because Jesus has saved us. Jesus, if our focus is on him, that wind can't touch us. Peter wouldn't have fallen over. He wouldn't have drowned if he just kept his eyes on Jesus. If he just stayed true to the word that Jesus had said. And that's the same for us today. We all have our own situations where the wind and the word are against each other. Peter got back in the boat. Jesus was very gracious, wasn't he? Jesus is gracious with us too. I think that's beautiful. He's very gracious. He might say, hey, uh, where's your faith? Because he wants to remind us that without it, we ain't going to be walking on water. If we're watching the wind, we're not going to be sowing and reaping. If we got our eyes on circumstances rather than the word of God, we're not going to be stepping into the miracles that God has for us. 
Jesus might not make everything go away. He might not take the trouble out of your life. He might allow you to get into the fourth watch before he comes walking on the water, before he actually comes physically towards you. What is he looking for? He's looking for your focus. Sometimes your miracle won't happen until you focus or refocus on God. And you're sitting there floundering away, and we're all the same. We're floundering away in our circumstances going, woe is me. And what he's waiting for is our attention to be drawn back to him. Our attention to be drawn back to the word of God. Our attention to be drawn back to the promises of God. Our attention to be drawn back to the last thing he told us to do. Friends, I've got to tell you something. We, we are not in a desperate situation. We are victors. We are not in a boat without a saviour. We have the one who has given us the instruction to go to the other side, watching over us and praying, and he's coming toward us right now. In fact, the word of God says that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. That's the truth. Don't listen to what your mind will tell you. If your spirit says go, because God said go, then you convince your mind to do what God says. That's our job. Don't listen to all the little things that come against us. Don't listen to the bills on the fridge. Oh, we got a wise man will go and pay those bills or find a way to pay those bills. But when you're at the end, when you're in the fourth watch, when you're in the place where you can't do it and there's no strength and you've done everything physically possible to pay the bills, to sort this relationship out, to deal with that problem in your life, whatever it is, and you've done everything you know in the wisdom that you operate out of and you haven't come to the conclusion, it might be a bad day. But on a bad day, you're primed for a miracle. Jesus takes a stroll out in the countryside. Thousands of people come out to listen to him preach. And there's no food. It's a bad day to be a preacher. Because, you know, people can't focus on your sermon when they're all hungry and... And the people are complaining, Jesus, there's no food. Why'd you bring him all the way out here? There's nothing for him. It's a bad day, Jesus. It might be a good crowd, but they're restless. They might never want to come back to church again if you don't feed them. <laughs> and Jesus says, well, just ready for a miracle, aren't we? Let's have a miracle today. Let's, let's have a miracle day. You might be in the fourth watch. You might be having a bad day. You might have been caught up watching the wind. You might be one of those who hasn't sown, so you're not reaping right now because you were watching the wind. Well, the good news is Jesus is gracious. He'll pull you back in the boat. You'll say, come on, 
Where's your faith? Well, where is our faith? Our faith is in the Word of God. Jesus will get us to the other side. You know, they got to the other side, and what happened on the other side? Miracles. Miracles happened on the other side of that, that lake. Miracles happened on the other side of that bad day. Miracles happened in the middle of that bad day. Miracles happened when Jesus walked out on that water. And miracles happened when they landed. People were just coming up and just touching the hem of his garment and they were healed. Friends, I'm telling you, if you're, if you're in a bad day, if you're in a bad season, if, if, if things haven't been going well, you're primed for a miracle right now. But what's our responsibility? Refocus on the Word of God. Yeah? Oh, it's full of promises, isn't it, Desley? Amen? Come on. Let's get excited about the Word of God. Let's get excited about Jesus who comes and walks on the water, who oversees us from his mountaintop, praying and interceding every day for every single one of us. Let's remember the promises that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Let's carry that through. You know, you might think you get up one day and you're just not ready for it. Well, there's tomorrow. And you just got to refocus on Jesus and say, Jesus, you're going to pull me back in that boat? He goes, yeah, I sure will. Come on, let's do this. Friends, let me pray for you. Let's pray together. Let's just believe that this is a day of miracles. Father, I just bless every person here. I thank you that even though some of us here today might feel like we're in the fourth watch, we're being buffeted by the wind. We're out on the boat that doesn't seem to have a Jesus on board. Lord, I just thank you that you oversee everything that we do, that you have a purpose for us, that you have a plan for us, that you intercede and pray for us, that you believe in us because you've put your spirit in us and you've given us an instruction. And Lord, all we need to do is follow through on the instruction that you gave us to do and you'll do the rest. And so, Father, I thank you that even today there are people here who feel like they've failed, feel like their faith has fallen apart, feel like they've been watching the wind and not watching the word. But you're a redeeming God. And so, Father, I ask right now that you would redeem every situation in this place today, every situation for anybody who might be listening to this word on a podcast or something like that. Lord, that you would redeem the situation, that you would come out on the water toward us and that we would have the courage to say Lord let me come to where you are let me come to the place of faith let me walk out on the water just like you have and let me be just as you've called me to be and you say come and we'll come but father I pray that even if we do step out and our spirit man says rise up but our flesh man says sit back down Lord that we would realize and recognize what's going on Give us the wisdom to see the wrestle, the fight, the battle. And speak to our soul, speak to our mind. And say, no, we're following Jesus. We're doing what he's called us to do. Father, I pray that you would restore those here today who are heartbroken. That you would restore those today who are weary and heavy laden. Lord, that you would restore those and rescue those who are in the fourth watch right now. And Father, that we would all take courage to know that Jesus is with us. And pray this in Jesus' mighty name.
Amen. Thanks for listening. This has been another Kingdom Community Church podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to www.kingdomcc.com.au.